Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent, and I'm here with my wife, Betsy. I'm Betsy. Hey, Betsy. Happy 420. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this in advance, but that's when this is coming out. Yep. So if you haven't figured out already, uh, we're going to be covering a weed movie. A stoner film? A stoner film. <laughs> uh, we have had plans to do like a whole series of like stoner slash loser comedy type things. Oh, we'll get we're to gonna, it. We're going to just extract one of these movies from that series and just put it out now because, hey, fate has just uh, blessed us <laughs> with uh, a couple of movies or a couple of holidays, let's say. This year so far, the first one being Groundhog Day, we, we watched Groundhog Day, and that came out on the day, and this one we're going to watch Half-Baked. Yes. A movie I have seen many, many, many times, but Betsy, you haven't. I have never watched this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, full, full disclosure, I want to get this out right away. Neither Betsy nor I have ever imbibed such substances. <laughs> And I'm not just saying that for, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, legally. We're, we're genuinely boring human beings. We're literally, <laughs> like, one of the more straight-laced couples you'll ever meet. Yeah, got nothing against it. We have complete uh, support of people who do such things. We have no problem with it. I, we both believe that it should be legalized across the board, and everybody who's locked up should be freed, and, like, records clean, and all that other shit. Right, we just are boring people who yeah, we, just never had, it never tickled our fancy. Nope, <laughs> nope. So, Betsy, uh, why haven't you watched Half-Baked? Uh, for the aforementioned reasons, number one. All right. And number two, I don't know, this is just one of those 90s comedies that I have always been aware existed. And at the time it came out, the two stars were not A-list actors, one of them, they still really aren't, per se. One of them is a lot more popular than what he once was. Correct. And the other one is Jim Brewer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't know. It was just one of those that I know plenty of people who have seen it, and I have just never felt the need. Like, I think it just looks stupid to me. It's very stupid. And sometimes... Stupid is really funny and I enjoy it. And sometimes stupid is just stupid. <laughs> so is it that you don't think that you would get the jokes or what, like couldn't appreciate it as much as a non-stoner? I think I just would think it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. So yeah, there's really not much more to it than that. Okay. And it came out in what, 1995, 96? Uh, no, this came out in 98. This came out in 1998? <laughs> yes. All right, then. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I was 13, so not exactly the kind of movie I would just pop on for a fun afternoon. <laughs> so, yeah, really just uh, something that I didn't see at the time. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch it in high school. I didn't have friends who wanted to watch this movie. Okay. My siblings never wanted me to watch this with them. Yeah. So I just never watched it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, but... Since this movie has kind of a following, do you know any, anything of, about it or from it? Because this movie has had, like, the meme treatment done to it uh, well before memes were a thing. 
I know very little about this movie. I know Jim Brewer is in it because, yep. again, I watched SNL in the 90s, so yeah. I was very aware of who he was. So for him to be in a feature film mm -hmm. at that time in my life was, oh, he's making it in the movies now. Yeah. And then, of course, the other lead is Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the only thing I knew Dave Chappelle from was Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Maybe Con Air. I can't remember when that came out. If, yeah. if one it's came out. It's around the same time. It's around the same time. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Norm MacDonald is maybe in this. Okay. Or somebody like that. But I'm not 100%. I'm just going to say this. There are a lot of cameos in this movie. I'm sure. This kind of strikes me as we're just going to put our friends in it because why the hell not? Yeah. So then I would say probably some other comedians and or people who were on Saturday Night Live in the 90s. All right. Those would be my immediate guesses. Okay. No specifics because I have no idea. All right. All right. Um, and then as far as like plot... Uh, they're guys who get high and they have problems. Wow, Betsy, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I think you told me some of it. Like, I don't know it from knowing what this movie is. Like, sure. I have not paid attention or looked into it to know the plot. I only know it because you have told me in passing. Yeah. And I believe I've probably you shown you like clips or told no. you about little things. No, you've never shown know. me clips, but I think you said their friend gets kidnapped. And these are two stoners who are trying to like figure out how to solve that problem, but they keep getting high. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All but right. I don't honestly know. I okay. know remarkably little about this movie because I have paid it so little attention. All right. Uh, so the background for me. So I was a big fan of stand-up comedy and I still am. Now, back in 1998 into the early 2000s is when I really started to discover a lot of that stuff. Now, I was a fan of Jim Brewer. The vehicle for me to watch this movie in the first place was the fact that Jim Brewer was in it. Because I was a fan of his stand-up comedy. I've never seen his stand-up. Back in the 90s, it was pretty good. At least for what it was at the time. These days, no, he's kind of shot himself in the foot so many times. He's just completely irrelevant. I don't give a shit. <laughs> He sucks. Uh, and then that kind of, like, watching this movie got me into Dave Chappelle. And this was, like, during his first come up with his stand-up comedy, like, he was very, very hot in the late 90s. Yeah. All the way into when the Chappelle show became a thing, and then everybody knows what happens with that. Uh, the other person, the other comedian who is a part of their group is Harlan Williams, which not a lot of people know. I know who that is, yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's who I'm thinking He's of. a very, very deadpan kind of a comedian. And he's it, he shows up in a lot of stuff around this era. Yes, and he's he never got really famous. I've seen a few of his specials. They're okay. Uh, he I'm not going to this movie to watch Harlan Williams. No. <laughs> but again, there are a lot of different cameos that... It kind of introduced me to the fact that, oh, the, all these famous people love weed. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, then and still. <laughs> right. And to be honest, again, me as a very straight-laced kid and adult, I learned a lot about weed and that whole culture from this movie. It's not necessarily the best representation of those people, uh, but at the same time, I... I I got rid of a lot of my ignorance. Fair enough. It. 
uh, and it, it made me more comfortable with the people that I ended up befriending. Like all my friends, but I'll let's just say most of my friends smoke weed in some capacity or another. I never have. They've, I've been around them plenty of times while they're doing it. I've been offered. I just don't care. I don't care to ch- to change my my mental state. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but Betsy, I'm very excited for you to go and watch Half Baked. Let's go do it right now. So what'd you think of Half Baked, Betsy? Yeah, that's a stupid 90s stoner movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like, it's, I get why people like it. It's just stupid enough that it's funny. Yeah. But it's also so stupid that it isn't funny. (laughs) It's highly juvenile. Yes. In the best way. To to my little mind, my little teenage mind, the first time I saw it, right, it's like the funniest movie ever. I think if I had seen this much younger, I would probably have been on your side because I'm watching this as a 37 year old. <laughs> it's a lot harder to be like hilarity ensues. No, I have no nostalgia for this movie, so right. that just doesn't affect me. Right, uh, you kind of have to put yourself in that mindset. Right, right. And I don't even know if this would be funny if you got high and watched it. Like, it's not even that kind of a movie. It's not. It's not. So, yeah, it's definitely, like, the lowest common denominator for some of the jokes. Mm -hmm. And then there's other stuff where it's like, what the hell kind of a movie do you want this to be? Like, there's weird Batman things and the Superman theme is playing while we fly (laughs) and he breaks the fourth wall and, like, Uh winks at the audience. Uh (laughs) But there's, like, not enough of any single thing to make it make sense. It's like, we're just going to do this once and then never do it again. Uh It's like they have an idea yeah, and they do it. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. So, Yeah. I don't know. It, it's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. <laughs> so, I, I think this is appropriately ranked. We were looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score before yeah. we began. And this is a 29% critic score. And like an 81% audience score. Right. So, the people, <laughs> the people love this movie. The people. <laughs> Yes, they love the movie. Critics are like, what the hell is this mess? <laughs> and I fall somewhere in the middle, I think. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, I laughed. There were funny parts. Uh, it's I, still Dave Chappelle at his, like, his goofiest. Right, it is bits of what we would come to see on Chappelle's show. Yeah. Like, this was written with Neil Brennan. Yeah. His writing partner for decades. His writing partner, yeah. Which is so weird because he's this skinny white boy Uh (laughs) writing with Dave Chappelle. You wouldn't think those two would have paired up. Yeah. And then this is what comes out. All of this. Like for like 20 years, those two guys, everything that Dave Chappelle did, he did with Neil. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. 
And he's in this movie. You had to point him out to yep, me. Yeah. Because I was like, who the hell's that skinny kid? He looks kind of familiar. That's Neil. <laughs> he looks quite different now. Ah, uh, yes. Add 24 years. Uh-huh. And uh, glasses and a beard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, if you didn't know who it was, he was the guy at the burger joint on the, on the microphone. Yes. The one barking Heifer orders. with cheese. So, all right. Did you get any of, like, the memeable things in this movie? Uh, yes, yeah, so there's a couple of quotes I have absolutely heard from this, but didn't know it was from this. Okay. In particular, boo this man. Boo this man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that's and the, from this movie. The thing about, have you ever done it on weed? On weed? <laughs> John Stewart. He will never live that down. Right, and this is, of course, 1998 when Jon Stewart was still sort of having a movie career or trying he to. He was trying to have a movie career. This is before he got The Daily Show. Yeah. He took over in 99. Right. So he needed to do these movies to get his name out there right? in order to, to land that gig. I can name three movies that I have seen Jon Stewart in. And they're all from this era. And they're all from this era. Yeah. And then he got The Daily Show and, and the rest never is history. looked back. Yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> Some people aren't meant to be movie stars, and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes you just show up. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, some people, they, they just do their friends a favor, and they show up in your movie for very cheap. You mean the entire <laughs> circle of people around Adam Sandler? Around Adam Sandler. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. That's okay. You know, that's the whole thing. When your friends get famous, you get to cash in on some of that. You do. You do. (laughs) And in the same scene as Boo This Man, we got Bob Saget showing up. R.I.P. Bob Saget showing up, saying his famous line from this movie, I used to suck dick for coke. (laughs) You know, maybe that's who I was thinking of. I knew there was somebody significant in this movie. And yeah, he is like sweaty and drug, like Uh crazed. (laughs) Right. And just like ridiculing him for having a problem with weed. He does not know the half of it. (laughs) Uh And of course, this is 1998. Was Full House still on the air in 1998? Oh, that's a good question. It might have been. It was very close. It might have been its last season. It was very very close close to that. And of course, this is really, if Full House wasn't on the air, America's Funniest Home Videos was. Probably. Think about that. I never knew in the 90s that Bob Saget was a dirty old man, though. Neither did I until this movie. I think there is a huge group of people our age who only knew him as the guy from Full House and the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos, which are not the The things you associate. Extremely squeaky clean family stuff on ABC. Yep. And there's this movie. And then he's also in... Uh, the Dumb and Dumber prequel. Oh. And he's screaming about shit. <laughs> okay. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> okay. So well, they do this a lot with Bob Saget. Well, and he's he's also famously in the Aristocrats documentary yes. where he, oh God. He is notoriously the dirtiest one in Jesus the movie. Jesus Christ. So <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, especially about this movie, you probably have a, a somewhat of a twisted sense of humor. In some capacities, if you don't mind that kind of humor, seek out the documentary called The Aristocrats. 
filthy, especially if you disgusting love, movie. Especially if you love stand-up <laughs> comedy, watch that documentary. It is one of the funniest things you will ever witness. I saw that in college. Did I ever tell you this story? I think you did. Like, didn't they do like a... Uh, like, at the film festival. At the film festival, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had heard about it. And I watched it. Yeah, I and watched it's it. Hilarious. In, I watched it in college too. <laughs> but back to half baked. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, yes, Bob Saget, famously dirty comedian. I, I didn't really know it until I saw this. This was your first inkling, certainly. Yes. It's shocking in 1998. <laughs> now it's just aw. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you talking about sucking dick for coke. <laughs> <laughs> So getting back to the movie a little bit. So the the plot, I knew there was something with their friend. I couldn't remember what it was. But yeah, their friend gets arrested. And the whole plot is they're trying to raise bail to get him out of jail. They're fundraisers. They're fundraisers, not drug dealers. (laughs) So very loose plot. And they set it up where Dave Chappelle works at a lab. Thurgood. They have weed because they do clinical studies yeah. here. The FDA is asking them to do a study on the medical benefits of marijuana. Which in the 90s actually is probably the time they would have been doing that. It's very true. And it's kind of a, an ironic thing because in real life, uh, there were studies like this commissioned. But the U.S. government in some capacity, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but they disallowed these kinds of studies to to be performed because the conservatives out there decided if the results came out and they said, oh, it's not so bad, there's actually They're some positive. benefits here, then their whole argument against weed will go away. And of course, guess what happened? <laughs> Over the next like 20 years, it started to become chipped away. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah, and if that's the thing, like they have a whole segment in this movie about like the different people who smoke weed. Yes. And they they poo-poo on, you know, the the pothead, but that's all they are. Oh, these yeah. these slackers who have the, They do it no, for no reason. For no reason other than they like to smoke weed. They have a ritual. They go to their crap job. They smoke weed, they Mm -hmm. eat snacks, they do it again the next day. Pretty much. That is their entire existence. Pretty much. And (laughs) they are no threat to anybody. And that's very much like my friends who who do this. Anybody who does, that's pretty much them. They Mm -hmm. they don't do do it it, to relax. They also do don't do it habitually, like all the time, like these guys do. Well, and it's weird because in this movie. The only one who's really the quintessential stoner is Jim Brewer. Oh, yeah. The other guys just sort of exist, but also smoke weed. Right. They have, like, real jobs that... (laughs) They don't act like stoners. Jim Brewer is going so far into this character... Oh, yeah. ...that it's just a joke. It's... I know it's it's a comedy. It's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. But... He didn't give it any depth or anything. Like, the other guys have some other things going on. (laughs) Like, they have characteristics outside of pot. He does not. (laughs) (laughs) He does tell a really good story, though. He's He is a storyteller, yes. I will give you that. (laughs) But only when he's on weed. Yes. So, yes, their friend gets... They all get high. They send their friend out to get snacks, to get munchies. Munchies. Kenny. And, uh, Harlan Williams character. And he feeds a horse to death. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he comes out of the, the, the convenience store with 
two full like paper shopping bags and two pizzas underneath. He got everything. He got everything Jim on list. Jim Brewer's <laughs> list. I always love that list. And the last thing's Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> And it's quite a list. It's yeah. sour cream and onion chips and jelly and peanut butter uh-huh. and, and celery. Celery and pizza and bread and just <laughs> It's all sorts of stuff. And funyuns. Yeah. But he shows up at, at the at the bodega with all the stuff. Yeah, he gets everything. He gets everything on the list, presumably. We don't actually see it, but he has so much stuff you have to assume he did. Of course. So somehow that very stoned man and, remembered it all. And Kenny is a school teacher. He teaches like kindergartners. Right. And he, he just he's a has has a very a kind heart. He sees a nice horse, he wants to feed the horse. But the horse is a diabetic. Can't <laughs> handle course, all that stuff. The di- Diabetic horse. The diabetic horse. <laughs> and he gets booked for being a cop killer. Because it's a it's a police horse. So, uh, can we just talk for a minute about how quickly justice was served? Oh, in yeah. This? So, he goes out at night. <laughs> he is there for, let's call it, a good half an hour feeding this horse. Because that yep. would take a while. Yep. The horse dies. He is arrested, and he is tried and committed the same night. And Bond is set. He, he's not tried. He, he is. He's, he's not. No, he's not tried because okay. he goes before a judge for his bail hearing. Okay, well, That's I'm his just bail hearing. I'm just like, what the hell is happening? That he is. <laughs> this is accelerated so quickly uh-huh. that he is locked up in the same night, and bail is set for a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and. That, yeah. But uh, yes, I, I agree. So quickly. It goes very quickly. <laughs> because he's a cop killer, I have to assume, is the only reason they move quickly. <laughs> but it's a horse. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, he gets locked up. Buttercup. And the three of them have to figure out a way to make bail. Yeah. And so they decide to sell the weed that they have at his work. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> So that's the plot of the movie. Uh-huh. And then shenanigans ensue. Uh-huh. It's a decent enough plot. Things like this have been said before, but you know, I'm never going to defend the plot. <laughs> it's a it's an excuse it's to like have stupid any, things happen. Any movie, we just need a reason. <laughs> right. Find a reason for them to do this what thing. What is their motivation? Yeah, write a bunch of jokes and have a reason for them to actually have that happen. Yes. And you're right. There are tons of people in this movie. So Harlan Williams is Kenny, the guy who gets locked up. So I know Harlan Williams from a few things all around this era. Uh, He shows up in Dumb and Dumber. Okay. He is in Superstar. Okay. He is in Down Periscope. So 96, 93, 94. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then somewhere around this movie, he made, I can't remember what it's called, but he's like, it's like a space, he goes to Mars or something. Oh, God. The astronaut. I don't know. It's really weird. The only, is it like a serious movie? No, it's a comedy. And the okay. only thing I remember is that one of the astronauts, who's like the big tough guy, is pinned under something and he has to rescue him. And so he says, call me mom because he needs to summon up the strength to lift the heavy thing. And the only way he'll do it is if he feels a deep connection. So if he starts calling him mother, that he'll suddenly be tricked psychologically into getting super strength. (laughs) 
Sounds like a great movie. It's not. <laughs> but I've seen it 20 years ago. Oh, God. But he's always like this weird guy. And you don't, what do you do with an actor like that? He's just this weird, yeah. tall man. <laughs> yeah. And again, I've only ever seen like, I, I don't know, like maybe one or two of his comedy specials. He's not good. But I didn't he's even know he did stand up. He's people's friend. That's get, that's what yes. that's his role is. Here. I guess. Again, we go back to if you're friends with somebody, you get to make movies. Right. If you know and, the right friends. And only in the 90s would someone like Harlan Williams get famous. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Scarface is Guillermo Diaz. He really hasn't done anything else outside I of don't being know that Dave man. Chappelle's friend. Yeah. Like he showed up in the Chappelle show for a couple of sketches. That's about it. Well, that's probably where I've seen him. Yeah. And that's all. That's it. And that's why he was in those sketches is because people recognize him for being Dave Dave Chappelle's friend in this movie. Right. And then, of course, they have a fourth roommate who is just Guy on the Couch. Yep. And I had to ask you because I recognized him, but I didn't know who it was. Yeah, that was uh, Stephen Wright. Uh, another famous comedian for this time. So Stephen Wright, I have never listened to his comedy, but as I understand it, he is like one of those comedians, comedians. Yes. Where all of the guys who do comedy yes. fucking love Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright, it is the driest comedian you will ever come across. He's nothing but one-liners. And he's like very low key he does this he just talks down into his chest gravelly kind very of gravelly kind yeah. of a thing he's got a look about him he's got the 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 bald front head but like crazy hair on the sides yeah. that's been his shtick for like 30 years he never looks different yeah so Stephen Wright makes sense to be the guy on the couch because he never says anything until near the until end. Until he has to. And when he does, it's like through a door. Right. While he's peeing. While he's peeing for a very long time. He peed a long time. <laughs> like a long time. Yeah. This was like Austin Powers length <laughs> peeing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Stephen Wright is uh, is the guy on the couch. Uh, should we just go through all these people who just show up? Oh, God, yeah. And then they have, like, a, a sequence where they're going around dealing. Yeah. And they're explaining the different kinds of I, yeah. people who smoke weed. Yeah, I've got all of these guys. So, yeah, I know John Stewart we so mentioned. we got the first guy, the enhancement smoker. That's John Stewart. He said, have you ever seen the back of a $20 bill on weed? That's another <laughs> meme. Yeah. Uh, where, where people have kind of glommed onto that. Yeah, I didn't write the kinds of smokers, so I got, you'll have to I got them all. me. Then we had the appearance of Snoop Dogg as the scavenger smoker. Of course, this is 1998. He was still Snoop Doggy Dogg. Uh-huh. In he the He hadn't credits. graduated to just Snoop Dogg. No, he is Snoop Doggy Dogg in uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. Where he just shows up and uh, steals whatever they've got and bounces. And at the time of this recording, when this is released, he will have been in this town yesterday that's right because snoop dogg's coming snoop to town Dogg next is coming week. to our city the day before 420 yes come on come yes. on i know somebody who's going to be working there and she's oh, like no. i'm backstage i'm getting a contact on. oh yeah <laughs> very unintentionally i assure you oh yeah uh then we come to willie nelson the you should have been there smoker yeah again famous stoner willie nelson Another one who's never, never going to hurt a fly. Right. He's a fucking country singer. Right. <laughs> From the 60s. Yeah. 
Uh, again, it's just one of these guys who have just been around forever. Everybody knows that he gets high all the time. It's just one. It, he's like another Snoop Dogg. Well, it's just kind of their personality. I love seeing really, really old footage of, in particular, I think of two people, Willie Nelson and George Carlin, pre-weed yeah. <laughs> right. and post-weed, <laughs> because they're these like buttoned up, clean yeah. cut, short hair, yeah. no beard. Right, in the 50s and 60s. In a jo- suit. Yeah, with George Carlin, he wore a full ass suit. And so did Will- for- Willie Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what was expected. Yes, in the 50s and in the early 60s, those two were cut from the same cloth. Before the whole counterculture thing happened in the 60s. Then they found weed and then they grew their hair out. Well, they found weed and they found a different audience. (laughs) Yes. That's what happened. The young people started to find these other people and be attracted to their acts. Mm-hmm. And Willie Nelson was older, and George Carlin were older than the people coming to their shows. They were going to college towns and shit. Yep, like that's who their audience became. They were trying to to impress and go to like the country club kind of kind of people, the people his age and a little bit older. And he was just like, this is a story about George Carlin. He just started looking around and saying, I don't like any of these people. These people suck. I, I don't want anything to do with these guys. So guess what? I'm going to grow my hair out. I'm going to stop wearing suits. I'm going to start smoking weed. And I'm going to start going to these college towns and entertaining college kids because that's who likes me. But yeah, long story short, you can't make this movie without a Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have the heavy hitters of pot representation in this oh, movie. <laughs> absolutely. At least of its time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've it, got some more now, it's but for a the lot 90s. More, yeah, it's become a lot more mainstream mm-hmm. um, where it's just not a unique thing anymore if you just happen to smoke weed. But of the time, these were all the people who were like, quote unquote, out yeah. as pot smokers. Right. Supporting it and speaking out about yeah. it. Uh, moving on, we got uh, the I'm only creative if I smoke Janine Garofalo. Again, so 90s. Who, again, very popular in the 90s. Uh, she was in a few movies, but she was mainly known as being a, you know, a stand-up comedian. Yep. Uh, in this same era. Dark and cynical. <laughs> yes. And I think the, the last like named uh, like cameo like person who is a, is a thing is the MacGyver smoker. Stephen Baldwin, of all people. I mean, in the he, 90s? He wasn't, was he even popular in the 90s? Yeah. He's in The Usual Suspects, if you recall. He is, but like, I don't I don't really see Stephen Baldwin as being a get for anything, even in the 90s. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think he's ever been a get, but in the 90s, though, that was his time. He did Usual Suspects. He did Biodome. Yeah. You know, he made movies that people saw. I'm not saying they were good. I'm yeah. not saying he's, he's not a, a great good actor. actor. No, he's not a no. great actor. But people know who Stephen Baldwin Especially is. Especially in the 90s. Yeah, you're so right. So if he showed up, uh, okay. it would be funny. I didn't know who Stephen Baldwin was. In the 90s? In the 90s, I did not know. No. No. You probably knew who Alec was a little. Even that, like the Baldwin brothers, was not a thing for me. In the 90s, until I started to watch... A bunch of other stuff with Alec Baldwin. I, I I couldn't even remember what the first Alec Baldwin movie I saw. You know, there's two more. Yes. Have you seen them in anything? No. <laughs> Nobody has. 
I've seen billions of stuff. That's right. Billy I think Baldwin. I've seen Daniel Baldwin in one thing. I couldn't have pulled out Daniel Baldwin. I name. just remembered it. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, what's that other one? Yeah. Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a couple of other cameos that aren't the category of smokers. Tracy Morgan shows up. I was up. right. I said somebody from Saturday Night Live yeah. is showing yeah, up. Tracy, and Tracy Morgan makes sense. Yeah, Tracy Morgan shows up near the beginning. He's like an MTV VJ uh, introducing the Sir Smokes-A-Lot music video, which would not be on MTV. They would no. not show Sir Smokes-A-Lot. Well, they didn't really call it MTV, so I kind of they assumed that was like a local thing. It's just kind of the, the, the theme of an MTV. Yes. He was a VJ, yeah. and this guy is a local yeah. rapper right. who gets weed from the local dealer. Yeah. So he, he has a song about Samson, the, the, the big bad of the movie. About how he's the, his weed connection and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but besides uh, Tracy Morgan, we also have an appearance by Tommy Chong. Because of course. Because of course. Again. Because Cheech wasn't available. We needed the heavy hitters yeah. of the pot smokers of the world. But then again, back in the day, Cheech was on Nash Bridges. So he was... He was occupied. He was very much busy trying to be a serious actor. I did not know Cheech and Chong was a thing several years after Nash Bridges because yeah. I knew Cheech Marin from that. Yeah. And I knew Tommy Chong from that 70s show. Ah, okay. I didn't know those two had anything to do with each other. See, I was aware of Cheech and Chong, but I never, I've never, i never seen any of their movies. Neither I don't think you have. Yeah, you haven't no. either. Uh, so talk I, about weed smokers. Uh huh. So I've never seen any, any of the movies, but I was aware of what they were at least. Okay. So Tommy Chong showing up here makes a lot of sense. But he's not even one of the weed guys. He's no. in prison as Mr. Squirrel. No, he's Squirrel Master. Squirrel Master. Yes. Because he carries a squirrel around with him. Yeah. He's like uh, he's like Brooks in the Shawshank Redemption. He's got the little crow. He and has in this a case, it's a squirrel. Yeah. Full of critters. Yeah. <laughs> but he also does kung fu, question mark? Yeah, sure. You, you, you pick up things in prison. Like a squirrel. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I think that I think that covers all the, the cameos here, all the extra people. Uh, but I wanted to point out just some of my favorite th favorite bits over the over the, the time I've seen this movie because I've seen this movie a lot. It's it's at least ten times. I'm sure. I'm sure because you saw this much earlier than I have. You've had yes. time to make it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I just I, I wrote a lot of notes here, just things I wanted to point out. Uh, we haven't mentioned the other character, Mary Jane. Of course, her name is Mary Jane. So I've actually seen this actress in something I'm else. I'm sure you have. The only other thing I know her from is The Craft. Ah, okay. Which you've never watched. That's right. She's one of the people. But she's one yeah. of the, the girls in The Craft. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's I've seen only, her on the poster, but that's about it. Only thing I've seen her in. Okay. But again, that was pretty soon before this one. That was 96. Right. Uh, but yes, of course, her name is Mary Jane. Of course. And her dad was a drug dealer. That's right. <laughs> so he named his daughter Mary Jane. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes total sense, Trent. Yeah, she's very straight edge. She meets him. She meets Thurgood coming out of the jail meeting Kenny. She just goes right along with oh, this. Oh, yeah. Why not? She picks this up a man in the prison. Betsy, this movie is an hour and 20 minutes and long. We don't have time. him a ride back to the city. Him and his two 
stoner friends. Who are clearly messed up. Yeah. And she just goes with it. Sure. Yeah, she's she's wondering later why she makes stupid life choices. It's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> so they meet at the jail and he gives her his number. He doesn't expect to call, but eventually she does call and he invites her out on a, on a, a walking date. Because he at, the time, at the time, they used, used all their money to go buy bicycles so that they can go around and deliver their samples yep. to everybody. So they go out on their date, and we have this little vignette of them on their date with the little $8 thing on the screen. There's a counter. There's a counter on the screen. Uh, th- this whole sequence is probably one of my favorite moments of the movie. It's short, but it's still funny. It starts off with with him having $8. They go down the street and they find a hot dog vendor. And she says, yeah, hot dog. And to this day, I say the word hot dog like that on occasion. Well, and it's so arbitrary because she doesn't have an accent until she until says, she says hot, dog. hot dog. That's it. Yeah. She has no accent the rest of the movie. Forever I have said it like that just because I've heard it in this movie. <laughs> and Betsy, I mean, I've probably told you this before, but yeah, when I talk about hot dogs with Betsy, I occasionally say it like that. I think everybody does occasionally once you've heard it. It's once you've so, heard it like it's that. It's so charmingly strange. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. When you're not familiar with it, if you didn't grow up around people just saying that right. that way. Yeah. <laughs> But she gets a hot dog and has... Uh, Add sauerkraut. Sour relish or something. And get a, a, a pop. He, yeah. She gets a soda with right, it. Right, right. And, like, the, the, the ticker goes down on the money because it's expensive. It's, like, three fifty or something. And she eats the hot dog. He doesn't have anything. And she suggests, hey, let's go to this thing downtown. You promised me ice cream. There's a really good place downtown. And he says, okay, let's hoof it. And then she, like, like very heavily suggests, can we please take a cab? Because they've been walking for three hours. They've been hours. walking for miles. Yeah. Uh, so he finally says yes, and they get in, they get into the cab, and he argues with the cabbie on, uh, at the end of the ride. So you should be happy with the tip I gave you. And then he's, like, only has pennies left. He has a quarter. Yeah. He has 25 cents. Or something like that. And they get in front of the ice cream joint, and there's a man asking for change with his little cup. And... He says, spare change for, for somebody down on their luck or whatever it is, he says. And he says, well, yeah, don't mind if I do. And he steals enough money to buy an ice cream. That's terrible. It's horrible. But this is also a man who who has no morals. No. <laughs> no. He's lying to this woman about the fact that he doesn't smoke weed. From the first conversation. Yeah. 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 So... She basically, they have their ice cream and he said, she makes him swear on this banana split that she, that he doesn't smoke weed. And he says, I promise that you got pretty eyes Mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, And then of course they go and have sex. Yeah. I got booty. I got some booty. (laughs) I got some booty. (laughs) There's some weird cuts in this movie. Yeah. So the second time he makes the I got some booty joke, it's right after he's hanging out with the rapper. And he's talking about, I learned all about him. And this happened and this happened and this happened. And then I got some booty. And I was like, wait, what? And I thought it was like, what? At With the rapper? (laughs) (laughs) And then it's just a quick cut. Like there's no... 
no, transition. No, Benji, Sarah smokes a lot is impotent, so... But genuinely, the way it is edited and the way yeah. those sequences I get are back that. to back, I get that. I was very confused. For like the two seconds it's on screen. Yes! Before they because reveal. Because he is hugging Sir Smokes a lot, and then he says, and then guess what? I got some more booty! Yep. And I was like, wait, from whom? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's there, and I was like, oh, okay, but it was yep. a weird cut. You're right, you're right. It, it is a weird well cut. It was not well thought out. <laughs> uh, so back to a little bit of the plot. After Thurgood gets the weed from the lab, he brings it home, and He's never had it before, but it smells really good, and okay, they try for, it out. First of all, he he gets it because some scientist asked him to get it. Right. And because he wants it so bad, he almost won't give him the brick, because it's a whole brick of weed. Yeah, it's a full pound. And he won't, he won't give it to the scientist, so the scientist rips it open and says, here, for your trouble. Here, and just, here, he's just some. handing him handfuls of loose weed, <laughs> and he's shoving it in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like this weird little moment where he's just like, here, for your trouble. <laughs> of course, th- this is a guy, th- these are guys who don't make a lot of money. They spend their spending money, whatever extra money they have after paying rent in New York City, between the four or five of them, or whatever it is, they spend on weed. So they don't have a lot of money. So if if, if some guy is giving them handfuls of weed and he's not letting loose them... Loose weed. Yeah, loose, loose. weed. He's just going to take it. Of course you are. I know. It's it's not the fact that he took it. I believe he took it. It was how it was presented. He's just sprinkling <laughs> it about. Here's like a fistful yeah, uh, and shove here, it in there. Here. It was just humorous to me. It was good. It was funny. <laughs> uh, but yes, they bring it home and they smoke it for the first time. And it's really, really good. Yes, and they are fucked up, and they say, well, we can't move. But then, does anyone else feel like they're flying, and they're all floating out the window? <laughs> yep, and they go for for a flight and go visit uh, Kenny in jail. Yep. But not really. Not really, no. And they just decide, based on this, that they should sell the weed. Right. Yeah, Scarface says, hey, we should sell that stuff that we smoked the other night because it's really good. You have access to it, so it'll be full profit. We don't have to buy it. Right. It's just sales. Yeah, and they like they make 20, they say they, they make 20 grand in the first week, which is, hey, that's pretty good. Especially in the 90s. Yeah, and of course, they, they gave out a bunch of free samples. That's how to, you do it. To first a bunch one's of free, Trent. Yeah, first one's free. Call the number on the on the card and you can get hooked up. So yeah, it goes well for a while, and they're actually doing what they set out to do, yep. but then they start encroaching on yeah. the other dealer's territory. Yeah, they start stealing customers, especially a big customer, away from Samson. Yes. Yeah. Simpson? Samson Simpson. Samson Simpson. Of course, because <laughs> that's a name. And uh-huh. he is a extravagant man in a gold wheelchair mm-hmm. surrounded by deadly women with nunchucks yep. and crossbows. And yeah. Because of course, why not? Because he's a cartoon villain. Yes. And literally by the end of the movie, he is a cartoon villain. And they like kidnap Scarface. They trick him yeah. into coming over and threatening him. Yeah. And you know, Mr. Nice Guy has to come and talk to Samson mm-hmm. tomorrow. And he just like panics and says he's a Jamaican. Because <laughs> he sounds like he was Jamaican in his head. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So they go and meet him and they say, 
okay, you have like you you took away all this customer all these customers from me all this revenue, uh, so so I won't kill you. You have to give me half of your profits, and of course. I heard through the grapevine that you make 40 or 50 grand a week. And he, they just say, yeah, man, I wish. Yeah. Uh, and he says, I need you to pay me 20 grand a week or I'll kill you. Yep. So they don't know what to do. They get there. They go back home. They start panicking. And the guy on the couch gets up to have his pee. And he says, I can't help but overhear the predicament that you're in. He's he's kind of like the silent Bob of, yes. of this kind of he's a movie. He's very eloquent when he decides to yes. contribute. Yes. Uh, but he says, yeah, why don't you just go into the lab and rob the place blind? Go in on Sunday. There's nobody there. So they have this harebrained scheme to go in. This, Scarface dresses up as a mime. This is the most poorly thought out robbery. Because oh, yeah. Thurgood is in his work uniform. Yep. And this is where he works, this yep. building. Yep. So he's, he's got to know that there's security there. He work. He's he works in the building. He's in his uniform. Scarface is dressed as a weird mime. His face is painted white and black, and mm-hmm. he's got a stocking cap and a leather jacket. Yep. And then Brian is just wearing tie dye and flip flops. He's just there. His his Birkenstocks keep falling off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's not really involved. No. But they immediately are caught on camera by the security guys. And they say, isn't that Thurgood? Yep. That janitor? Yep. And they and say, one, one guy's, should we call the cops? Should we call the cops? No, this is too much fun. And so they just let it happen. Yeah. Because they're enjoying watching it unfold on television and they're mm-hmm. bored. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they don't get away with it. And about 20 SWAT guys stop them at the exit. Uh-huh. And they say, you know, they don't, nobody knows that they collectively are Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, they just think that they actually work for Samson. Right. So they tell him, well, we can't get you Mr. Nice Guy, but we can get you Samson. I'll wear a wire. Right. And so they go in and they're trying to get him on tape saying drugs the names of the drugs not slang not slang they have to get him to say cocaine or heroin or whatever yeah and before (laughs) they go in they say to the cops well we can't do this because we're straight sober we need to be like our natural selves when we when we go in there so they hotbox the van that they're in (laughs) and and go in there leaving the cops to get all high yep yeah so they they go in there, and this scene was funny. Like, I like watching three stoners trying to play word association, yep. trying to get him to say the word cocaine. Uh-huh. Like, the name of this game is Say the Word. Mm-hmm. Say the secret word. The secret word is cocaine. And they're just like, so could we have some cocaine? Yeah. Is that heroin? Yeah, they keep on, like, trying to trick him and, like, getting f- like like leaning forward like huh huh of huh? course here's the thing they also get very excited and think they have done it they never got him to say it no well he also says so can we just buy some cocaine and get out of here yes so at that point they think that they have him they oh 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 i'm gonna say that my secret word abracadabra <laughs> and that's the signal for the cops to come in because they think that they got him on tape admitting to it but in reality no 
That's no, it's not it. Not that easy. Number one, that's not what happened. Number two, those cops are stoned out of their minds and they're not coming for backup. Yep. And uh, this is the point in the movie it turns into the 1960s Batman. Yep. And it already did it once where like the transition of the yeah. doo -doo 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 -doo, and there's like a zoom in, zoom out with a weed, a weed symbol. Leaf, yep. <laughs> and then they just kind of fight the hot chicks. Yep. In like, you know, short of the, you know, the sound effects Whip, showing up. Pow, bam, bam. You know. Yeah. They kick. don't they don't they don't go that far. <laughs> they don't, but I almost wish they did. Yeah. Like if you're gonna make the joke, just make the joke. Like I would have appreciated it more if you just really went for Betsy, it. Betsy, I don't know if you know this, but this movie was made on a very low budget. You could add some sound effect title cards. <laughs> <laughs> They, I, don't they did Trent, I don't know if you know this, but the 1960s Batman television show was made on a very small budget. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, but yes, that, that whole sequence is always funny because it's just stupid. It's very it's stupid. It's them being stupid. But apparently they managed to do it because they cut a deal. They get Samson. Yeah. They cut a deal and they get their friend out of prison. Well, first, Betsy, who saves the day? Oh, Jerry Garcia. Yeah. Because, you know, Jerry Garcia, who died in 1995, was in a pouch that was given to, no, to Brian. No, Br Brian bought... Sorry, he purchased it. Brian bought Jerry Garcia in a pouch from... From Andy Garcia's brother. From Andy Garcia's brother. But it's not really no. Jerry Garcia. But no. he, he appears and, and he beats Samson with a guitar. Yep. So, Yeah. That's how they... Jerry Garcia saves the day. That's how they win. Peace. That's how he... Yep. Yep. <laughs> that it's is what happens. That's the stupid. thing. It's just like, are we going full stupid? Or are we going like cartoon? Are we going yeah. for reality? Like yeah. there's such a weird mix of all of it that it's like if you had just gone full cartoonish over the top every second of this movie including like why he got arrested and everything like it's almost there but it's not quite there yeah so it's off-putting <laughs> it doesn't make any sense and i think that's why people like the the critics didn't like it is it is sort of incoherent it's all over the place it's all over the place but it's not supposed to be a coherent story no no one cares about it it's not that kind of a movie i know that i just wish they had done more like if you're gonna make this stupid movie make it really stupid like embrace it go yeah be free little weed smokers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the only other things I, I have written down are just little moments. So, like, the movie opens with the story of the first time these four guys smoked weed. Yeah. And they're, like, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they're telling the story, and it's on memory lane. Yeah. So, that's okay. That's funny. Going down memory lane. Very literal. Uh, and then when they're stoned out of their little minds, they go to a convenience store and all of the food is jumbo sized uh -huh. to them. 
the sight of him eating a giant candy bar was funny. Yeah. I don't know what kind of candy bar that was because yeah. I don't think I've ever had one. It's an Abba Zabba, which the I don't think they have around here. I was going to say, what the hell's an Abba Zabba? I've maybe seen it on the road somewhere and I almost Or do they even one. make it anymore? It's real. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know it's real, but do yeah. they make it anymore? I don't know. I haven't been traveling all that much. Ah, I know they don't have them around here, but I've seen them traveling. Well, all right, then. Yeah. Uh, I also like how they do that thing that I've talked about before where lowbrow people use highbrow terminology. So he's a janitor, but he says he's a master of the custodial arts. Or a janitor if you want to be a dick about it. Right. <laughs> uh, they name their bongs and their their yep. prize bong yep. is called Billy Bong Thornton. Yep. And then they also had a small one called Wesley Pipes. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Yep. Uh, during the final fight scene, you know, Brian throws, is it Brian? Someone throws a piranha. Who throws a piranha? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't just, remember which one It's just one, one of those was. things that an evil, an evil uh, lair person would have a, 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 a fish tank full of piranhas. I guess. I and guess. He, he grabs one and throws it at a woman and she screams and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like weird little moments where it's like, okay, that's sort of funny or clever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all of the above and none of the above. Uh, I only have one more thing uh, before we get out of here. Uh, it is the moment that Scarface quits his job where he's, he's at the burger joint and uh, Neil's there saying, still waiting on that heifer, Julio. And he grabs the mic and he goes around. And this is the best way to quit a job ever. He's just, he goes, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. <laughs> One of the best, I have probably, like when I was a kid and like working a shit job, I watched that scene so many times, just over and over again, because I thought it was just the funniest thing. You thought if I ever get sick of this place, that's how I'm going that's out. How, that's how everybody wants to go out. It's Especially true. a shit job like that. Oh, I just remembered another moment in the movie. There's a whole Jerry Maguire thing. That's right. Because this movie came out a couple years after Jerry Maguire. So Hey, remember how Jerry Maguire was a really big movie? It really was. And Brian is fired from his job, but on the way out the door, he's like, I'm not going to do the thing. Yep. And who, I'm going to leave. Who wants to come with Who's me? Who's coming with me? And the girl who works with him yep. says, I will. So, yep. of course, this is what happens in Jerry Maguire. <laughs> right. And, of course... And it's almost like... I don't think it's verbatim, but it's pretty it's darn in close. The vein. It's, it's in the vein. It's in the vein. And, of course, at the very end, he says, Jan, you want to be my girlfriend? She says, no, I would, but I'm gay. <laughs> and, of course, this is still 1998. We don't really, we're not really talking about gay people all that much. No. And they don't bring it up again. No. <laughs> he also she asks, goes to work for them. Yeah. And, and he asks, what's that like? Because <laughs> he's a stupid stoner boy. Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was more to his character. So, like, Scarface, you know, he doesn't have a lot going on, but he's at no, least he's dynamic. A he's, he's a, a character. character. Yeah. And, like, he has that scene where you were just describing. He uh -huh. gets a moment where you're, like, rooting for him. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle has, you know... 
he wants to be better for this girl yeah. and he tries to do better and yeah. and he, Kenny is a good guy and Kenny is a good guy he does a good thing he helps the children he he's a really nice guy but yeah Brian is just a stoner yeah full stop yep there is no depth to him whatsoever uh-huh he says nothing profound he he does nothing redeeming no he's the stupid bumbling guy who like throws himself off the roof (laughs) (laughs) oh god this movie i'm really glad that we watched this again i knew you weren't gonna be like all the way into it but at the very least you can appreciate why i like it i have seen it now and isn't that enough (laughs) it is it is but yeah it's it's very much of its time I, I still enjoy it. It's still funny. It's not like laugh out loud funny all the time like it was back in 98 and, and shortly after. But it does pretty much stand the test of time. This one strikes me as if you were to talk about this movie with your friends, if this movie was something you quoted to each other, yep. that it, it would not it would increase the humor. Yes. I've seen movies like that before where I didn't really think it was that funny, but then I would start referencing them and the jokes suddenly became funnier because they were in jokes with your friends. It's what became of Anchorman. Exactly. Anchorman is infinitely quotable, but as it itself, it's not that great. It's like funny ish. Yeah. But it becomes really funny after the fact. Yeah. Like, it's not funny while you watch it yeah, the first you're, time. You're, you're pulling out quotes. You're pulling out little things yep. to apply to everyday life. And, yeah, it's it's just funny. Which is what happened with this one, but to a much lesser extent. Like, boo this man and all, yeah, a, a few of the other things. <laughs> boo this man is such a universal phrase that I, <laughs> I'm going to choose to adopt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, all right. That's where I'm going to end this one. Do you have any other... Any other things, Betsy? No, I I don't expect that I'm going to spend a lot of time watching this, but I do expect that now that we've watched it together, that I'm going to come home and you're going to have it on the TV. No. <laughs> I think it's going to happen where you'll decide to put this on now that I've seen it. Betsy, I haven't watched this movie, like, especially all but the way I through. But I hadn't seen for it. For years. I hadn't seen it, and you did that by choice because you wanted me to watch it eventually. Maybe. So now that I've if seen it. If I did, it, it wasn't conscious, but anyway. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I know you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to be the end of this one. But we're going to read an email from Stephanie about Ralph Breaks the Internet. Uh, That was the last uh, Disney sequel uh, of that series that we did. So from Stephanie, uh, this one is so fun, so much better than Cars 2. The princess scenes are amazing, and overall, it's just a cute movie. I agree that there isn't a lot to the plot, but I still like it. My daughter likes it too, but it's not in our main rotation as much as the first one. Yeah, I feel like this one is a good complement to the first movie, to yeah. the first, to uh, Wreck-It Ralph, but it doesn't have the same kind of charm. It's still a good movie. It's just a different kind of a movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the message of friends moving on or growing up is a pretty good one, uh, but it's definitely over my kid's head. So far, anyway. Uh, once again, it just makes me miss, miss you guys. Thank you. I would absolutely love to watch more Ralph and Vanellope. Absolutely. Yeah. I Give think me a third one. They, they really need to make a third uh, Wreck-It Ralph movie. 
just because those two characters work really well, I don't know how else they do it. I mean, I, we, I guess we covered it in the episode. What my suggestion was is the arcade shuts down and all of their machines get sold to a much bigger arcade that has newer stuff. Yeah, you just change the plot. That's all. You, you just need a you, reason. You change the setting and you introduce new characters that way. Yep. That's the only thing I can think of. Uh, back to the email. Uh, we currently have one pinball machine and two arcade machines. Once we have a bigger house, I feel like our game room will probably expand. Uh, love you guys and your podcast from Superfan Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. We do not have a game room in this house. Yet. Yet. Yeah. This room is as close as it gets, but they're your games. <laughs> it's yeah. not a game room. No, this is like we have the the, the game consoles and the, all the the video stuff hooked up to this TV that we watch the movies on. So this is where all of that stuff happens. But from my understanding, actually owning arcade machines and pinball machines is a lot of work. You have and to be technically minded. And luckily she has someone in the house who is right. And, and it's more over that, you know, maintenance on them takes a lot of time and effort and money. Mm-hmm. Like you have to buy parts for them. You and have, you can't just go to the corner store and get no, the parts. No. And like, they're very, very finicky, especially like the eighties cabinets oh, are yeah. very finicky. Moving them jostles yep. everything about. And like the main, main parts, like the, the CRT, the actual screens are very specialized kinds of screens and you can't get them anymore. They don't exist. Nobody makes them. Nope. So you basically have to recycle the old screens out of other cabinets and try to repurpose them that way or make it yourself if you're really smart i don't know if you could create a crt from nothing somebody could (laughs) that's the thing nobody manufactures this stuff anymore it just doesn't happen like there is still a place in new york city that fixes old like tube tvs and sure shit like they that. fix them but they don't, they don't manufacture new ones. but i'm saying if you've got the know-how there is a niche market for you <laughs> it's very niche but if i were to actually get a cabinet of my own it would be what is called a mame cabinet which is just a fancy word for an it's an emulator cabinet which means that you can play a whole lot of different arcade games in oh. one box Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, again, I never really went to the arcade when I was a kid uh, and and actually played games. I did on occasion, but it was at the local mall. It was at at the Aladdin's Castle. Remember those? Uh Uh-huh. We had one where I was growing up. I didn't grow up in this town. We had one when I was growing up. And there was one here as well. Uh, But, yeah, when I was a kid, I went with my cousins on occasion. I went with my friends on occasion. But it was never a place that we went to often because it costs money and right. I didn't really get a huge allowance. The allowance that I got uh, that, that, that I used on games, I used to go and rent games from well, and yeah, the local rental store. It's the same thing. Like you give them your money and you get nothing out of it. Right. Other than right. the pleasure of the time you spent. I was a stupid poor kid who never bought any games. I just rented them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a stupid kid. I should have bought them and held on to them and then sold them for millions of dollars. They'd be worth so much now. Uh-huh. If you kept them in good condition. It's true. But I always keep my stuff in good condition. You do. You're one of those kids. I, I've always been like that. All my toys were in pristine condition. I didn't let, let my, my little cousins or anybody play with them because... You were born a little old man. I was. That is not a toy. That is a figure. That's right. <laughs> I never really had a lot of action figures. 
like the like tr- the the traditional kind of action figures. I had the four sets of um, the Ninja Turtles. I had the set of the Power Rangers, like the original original Power Rangers that f- like their head flipped up to transform them. Nice. Um, and I had like the Lego sets, and that was that was my toys. I didn't have much. But we digress. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show. If you would like to, to reminisce about the 90s, please email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter, neverseenit underscore pod. If you wish, you can support the show by clicking the link in the podcast description to, th- to throw us a buck. Uh, if you can't do that, no big deal. Just share us with your friends. Tell us, tell the people how good, how funny we are, how good we are. Even though we don't actually smoke weed. Do not scream boo this man at my husband. <laughs> Please don't. That'll make my feelings hurt. But yes, that is the end of the show. I want to thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Never Seen It next time. I have been Trent. I have been Betsy. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys.